0: peasants, you're tuned in to the Holy Heathen Podcast, and I'm your host, Ethan the motherfucking heathen. So that intro of music you just heard is from the motherfucking band Karma to Burn, and they are badass. Go check them out. Buy their music. They're fucking amazing. And if you didn't know, this is going to be season two finale, motherfuckers, coming right at you. If you've listened to this podcast religiously, or if you're just tuning in, I think this is just a natural place to wrap up this podcast that I call an abortion. So let's go back to the beginning, shall we? The first couple episodes of this podcast, I was really just trying to figure out how to set up a fucking microphone. And then by the third episode, I finally got around to saying what the fuck it is that I was wanting to say in the first place. So in that podcast, which I titled Lead, I compared Donald Trump to Julius Caesar. And it's an apt comparison that we can even further, right? So Marcus Aurelius, everyone's heard of that famous Roman. He was a warlord. He was a stoic, badass motherfucker, wrote a book on meditating. His piece of shit son, Commodus, ends up marking the beginning of the end for the Roman Empire. And he's the one that gets the credit for distracting the populace with gladiatorial games and free bread. Huh, sounds familiar. It almost sounds like if you get your fucking COVID passport, you might be able to go to the Super Bowl. But in that father-son duo comparison, Marcus Aurelius and Commodus, I furthered that by saying look at Bush Sr. and look at Bush Jr. Bush Sr. was a World War II ace. He shot down Japs over the Pacific. He was a CIA director. I mean, he did a lot of fucking things other than become president, meaning he wrote foreign policy with the barrel of a gun. Meanwhile, his son, Commodus, went missing for motherfucking three days at the onset of a huge event called 9-11. And it's only 20 years after that we're considering the detrimental effects of their shitty motherfucking policies like the Patriot Act. So the real question is, since the past is prologue, what is next? Will we have Tiberius with treason trials? Or will we have a Caligula who defaces the he he lops off the heads of the gods and then puts his own face on their statues. Hmm. Well, we do have some defacing of statues including I don't know, Abraham Lincoln and the World War 2 memorial. Holy fucking shit. It's like we're back in Rome again, which brings us back to Tiberius's treason trials in the episodes titled Vivictus 1 and 2. I painstakingly Read you Supreme Court cases where I kind of delved into how easy exactly it is to label someone a terrorist, which is why, in fact, it is so important that you learn history because if history has taught us nothing else, all you have to do is label something an emergency and as a dirty, filthy government, you can get away with whatever the fuck it is you want. And do you know what else that sounds like? Coronavirus. Coronavirus is real, y'all. Yeah, there's this thing called Event 201 where um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, got with a bunch of world leaders and they actually played out this little scenario in October 2019. They played out a scenario that was exactly what they're doing now. The exact same thing. They literally wrote a blueprint and now they're executing it and we're two fucking years into this and people are still losing their goddamn mind. Did you know that Ebola makes you bleed out of your fucking eye sockets and you don't have a fucking passport for that shit? No. You have a passport for something that has a 1% kill ratio, less than 1% kill ratio. Tell me. Tell me that I'm not being scientific. Fact check me, motherfucker. Just Google Event 201. And that is precisely why uh In episode 7, titled Claire, I told you about Claire Chenault, who was being kicked out of the Air Force for having lung problems. He also smoked. He also flew airplanes that weren't pressurized. But he was harder than a goddamn concrete milkshake, and nothing could fucking kill him. And now he's one of the world's most famous pilots, because he made this merry little band of rejects called the Flying Tigers that we take credit for. And I mean we as in red-blooded, hard-cocked Americans. So let me just say, when this all started, I was like, hey, yeah, we're going to level the curve. At least we're going to try something. At least this won't be like the Spanish flu. No, this isn't like the Spanish flu at all, because this is propaganda, brainwashing, the new motherfucking normal. And this is tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I said it. It's tyranny. It's not the QAnon taking a selfie on Nancy Pelosi's desk as the terrorist. It is anyone... Anyone, Fauci included, anyone in the motherfucking world that thinks you should be scared to go outside. And I will say one more thing for the record. The only thing that's going to kill me is me, motherfucker. And I have not granted myself that permission yet, so you motherfuckers are just going to have to deal with me. Which brings us back to an episode I titled Barbershop earlier in the season. And basically, I was just calling out all the fascist motherfuckers that are taking advantage of the current situation, including barbers, right? They up their prices. They fucking tell you when you can and cannot come in. You can't just walk into a barbershop anymore. And they tell you that um, due to coronavirus, they're going to take special precautions. So, you know, it's not a fucking barbershop anymore. It's a goddamn salon, right? Like... A barbershop's a place where men gather, we grunt, we cuss, we talk about taxes and high blood pressure, and we get off our fucking day, right? And we come out feeling better. It is much cheaper than therapy. But no, even that, even that too, the precious place where a man cuts another man's hair is now blasphemy. But where do we go when people are defecating all over our rituals and traditions? I went to some enlightened motherfuckers like Eckhart Tolle and Aubrey Marcus and and even Ryan Holiday, who wrote the famous book, The Obstacle is the Way. And here are some of my findings with the woke, right? So in podcast 12, when I'm talking about Eckhart Tolle, it's just blatantly apparent to me that he misuses history by idolizing people like Einstein without talking about the greater purview of, one, the Holocaust, Einstein fleeing Germany, to the atomic bomb. It is my understanding, which could be completely wrong, but it is my understanding of that era that we would not have Einstein, one, if he did not flee Germany, and two, if we, if he wouldn't have spoken out about the atomic bomb, right? Like, World War II happened, nuclear warfare, and nuclear fission happened, and it advanced our species. Which brings me to this notion, silly-ass notion, of cohabitating peacefully. There's this thing called the free rider's Dilemma. There are dumb fucks out there. And you cannot save them all. And we can't get rid of them either, because they're a part of fucking society. And if those dumb fucks open their mouth, sometimes you have to listen to them. So even in this age of making everyone woke, and all of us singing kumbaya together, and us banning hate speech, it's not going to fucking work. It's never fucking worked, and that's how I know it's not going to fucking work now. Because all it took was one trip to the post office to realize that some people abuse their fucking power. Some people will barricade their own office with little cardboard boxes because they're scared of a fucking plague that someone told them was real. And on top of that, they won't even do their own fucking job because they're unhappy to even be there in the fucking first place. And that is the real error of our ways and just assuming that everyone wants to better themselves because they don't. Some people want that $600 stimulus check. Some people don't even want to go back to fucking work right now. I know plenty of people and the restaurant industry that are struggling to keep competent motherfucking people just to bust tables, right? Just to take a goddamn order. Just to push buttons on a screen and to carry you your food. And we don't want to do that. It's either beneath us as a society, or there is no work ethic, or perhaps the welfare tit is too gargantuan to give up but that is a real problem. That is a real problem that we face. Why people, 95 million people lost their jobs due to coronavirus. Why don't they want to go back to work? And it's not all laziness. Some people have realized that getting off the, the rat wheel, the rat race, getting out of the rat race is actually good for them, right? Some people have spent this time with their families. Some people have reflected on what really matters. And that's all grand. That's dandy. But I don't think 90 million of those jobs are coming back. Um, the current president is telling you that he's going to put it in energy, clean energies, things like that. Like, we're going to create new jobs, and that sounds fucking awesome. I I would be stoked for something like that. But as we mechanize and make things more systematic and as artificial intelligence gets better and computer programs get easier, there aren't any blue-collar jobs, right? Like, look at Detroit when... NAFTA passed, yes, the North American Free Trade Agreement. It killed car manufacturing in America because it's frankly just cheaper to make cars in Mexico. But that's enough about Eckhart Tolle, right? Because I don't know how to solve the free rider dilemma. I don't know how to teach self-awareness, and I sure as fuck don't know how to inspire others to improve their own social status. So let's move on to Aubrey Marcus. He is the CEO of Onnit. He's been podcasting for over a decade. He just seems like a really cool motherfucker. And I've got nothing bad to say about the guy. I think he is a really cool motherfucker. Um, I just don't know how to be more like him because I've tried meditating for over a decade. It was my New Year's resolution. I've been doing pretty well at it. But it's one of those things that if you don't do it every day, then it's kind of like building your muscles, just mental muscles you basically pick up where you left off the last time, right? Like you can't advance while you're resting. It's also entirely possible that if someone as cool as him ever did hear my podcast, they might hear like a younger version of themselves. Um, maybe not. Maybe I'm just <laughs> being optimistic. I don't fucking know. But I was born an angry little motherfucker. I've always been a little angry motherfucker. And I personally don't do anything well unless I'm pissed off. at something that my father told me. So I might as well just fucking embrace it, right? Just embrace the fucking chaos, the rage, all of it, the woe. Like, it's a feeling fucking universe. And that is ever bit part of the duality of Ethan, right? Ethan, the goddamn heathen. Because that is a part of me that will be inseparable until I draw my last breath. Because you can't push it away. You can't hide it. You can't uh, positively think otherwise. It's just it, right? Like, there, there is, in that nature versus nurture argument, there is such a thing as your DNA. Like, you are you. You're a product of your environment as well as your genetics. Which brings me back to another philosopher, Ryan Holiday, who's a baby-backed motherfucking bitch. He tries to compare the Antonin plague to COVID-19 and... That little motherfucker sat in his house for two goddamn years while the rest of us took out the trash, flew the planes, drove the school buses, worked at the hospital, and the rest of the world went on, man. Just like Claire Chenault, get the fuck over it. Be harder than a concrete milkshake and get the fuck on with your life, dude. You wrote a book called The Obstacle is the Way, and I'm sorry, but you are a motherfucking hypocrite for trying to make money off great men like Marcus Aurelius, when clearly, in fact, you are not one. So, just to try to tie some of these incoherent ramblings together, you look around at the current state of dissolution, and you just try to piece it all together. You want to piece it all together to see what it's all fucking about. So you read history, you study other great people, you look to the works of enlightened individuals, and if you have any sort of a semblance of an original thought in your fucking head, you can't help but wonder who has motive. Which brings me to this podcast I just kind of stumbled on called The Occultist. Uh, Ryan Peverly, he was interviewing Dylan Lewis Monroe. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of fucking cool. And uh, So anyways, this weird little fucker made a map from Babylon to the Illuminati, right? And that sounds completely fucking insane. But he spoke well, and and it was entertaining, and I th- I thought it was a real gem, right? In in the world of China and uh, Dodo Man and and fucking Rocket Boys, right? And and vigilante tweets out into the stratosphere. I, I just thought that it was refreshing that this young person spent their time researching this stuff and making an art project such as this, and then like he's selling it to make a living, which is cool, right? Like that's what an artisan does. But I realize that's not everyone's cup of tea, and I realize that I don't even fall into a lot of these occult or conspiracy theories, and I really don't even know any fucking thing about the Illuminati. And even though I might enjoy listening to that motherfucker, I'm always running the risk that someone's going to label me as that, right? Just just stringing together things that don't relate together. But it is increasingly fucking difficult. To talk about something even as seemingly small as a traffic camera without getting into 15 different motherfucking Supreme Court cases on your constitutional rights. And it's frankly an injustice to talk about things like the BLM movement without talking about Clarence Thomas or Thurgood Marshall or even the Russians meddling with our fucking elections or Eisenhower or Reagan or Trump like... None of that happened in a vacuum. It all perpetuated off itself like a giant fucking ping pong ball just going back and forth and back and forth. And the same shit that was happening in the 1980s happened again in 2016, in 2018, in 2020, and now it's 2021, and we're still seeing the same conversations being had. But fuck it. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I, don't, I really don't fucking give a shit. All I've tried to do is literally read law and case and make an inference into what might possibly happen tomorrow. And the way that I am absolutely certain that I'm on the right track is I have to question everything that I put out with regard to, one, will it get me fired? Two, will it get me in prison? Or three, will the brakes on my car not work one day as I mysteriously drive down a windy road? But fuck it, right? Because it's just inherently in my nature that when I go into a spaghetti house to order fucking (laughs) noodles for my pregnant wife, that I get upset about propaganda littering the motherfucking walls, espousing Christ being... A binary against the scientific method. And that one couldn't exist without the other. I don't know how that isn't offensive. So what do you do? You research it. You think. You meditate. You reflect. You ask yourself, why is it offensive? And at the end of the day, you're left with this Darwinian fucking conundrum of tribalism where... It makes more sense to believe the lie of your tribe than to gander out beyond anything different. And the very same sheeple that are against the science with Christ, with regards to Christ, are the very same people that are telling you to trust the science and just stay home in the year of our Lord, 2021. And this tribalism goes back to the pagans, right? The heathens. Odin versus Christ, it goes back to the Vandals and Visigoths, it goes back to Rome itself, it goes back to the Greeks, it goes back to the Persians, it goes back to the Egyptians, and it even continues today with jackasses and elephants, blue and red. And as I describe this scenario, you can probably almost envision some of the words we ascribe to each other, tree hugger, dim tard. Boomer, Snowflake, Trumpy, Fascist, Nazi. Because as long as we make our enemy something other than human, we can shoot them right in the fucking face. But while you were doing all that name-calling, you forgot that the person that you want to shoot in the face is your neighbor. And it's your babysitter. And it's the person that drives your kids to school. Yes, that's right. We're still just one big fucking community of bastards. So I pray that you've enjoyed this little recap of the last two seasons of my show. Or if you just tuned in, I hope that you were entertained for a moment. And I hope to see you all for season three, motherfucker. Praise be to thee, a goddamned heathen.